Hi, guys. I'm Teresa Judice, and you know me from the Real Housewives in New Jersey. And now you'll know me from my new podcast, Namaste Bitches, with my co-host, Melissa Feaster. What's up, you guys? I'm Melissa Feaster, and Teresa and I are talking about everything. Love, life, relationships, yes, sex, food, and family. We are getting into it all. It's a real look at my life when the cameras aren't rolling. But don't worry, we'll be talking about all that TV stuff too. So follow, rate, and review Namaste Bitches now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. Who Podcast. Appreciate y'all being here. Blah, blah, blah. Support the people, support us. I'm very excited about today's guest, so I'm going to get right to it. It's Remy Adelike. Did I say it right? Adelike? Adelike, yeah. There you go. Uh, Remy is something I, someone I know intimately. We'll explain a little bit yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. But he's here not to talk about that so much that we can't avoid it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just are limited in our ability to talk about this. I may have to have you back to talk in more detail. Absolutely. Yeah. We could touch on some little things. Little yeah. stuff. Little stuff. <laughs> Uh, he has a short film called The Unexpected. It is about human trafficking. Yeah. Um, let's do this. Let's uh, just start with you, yeah, your life, yeah. and then this film, and yeah. then we'll then we'll tease them a little bit with our other, you and my life together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Right. We could talk about how we came together. Yeah. <laughs> so you were born in Nigeria. Yes, sir. So I was I was born into uh, wealth and riches in Nigeria. My dad was a well-known Nigerian engineer. He engineered one of the first man-made islands in the world. And then there's a lot more to the story, but fast forward. Is that in, in the Middle East where he made the island? Was it no, the, in Nigeria. Nigeria. It's, okay. Yeah, it's actually the, the, the island now is called Banana Island, and it exists to this day. Um, but uh, originally it was called the Lagoon Development Project. That's what my father called it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had invested millions and millions of dollars into this project in order to, because he wanted it to be like a, the World Trade Center, like a sector where people from all around the world could come to Africa and do business and commerce. And that was his vision. He was actually educated in the West, in the UK, got his bachelor's and his master's in architecture and engineering. He's one of the first black men on the board of the World Trade Center in America, and then one of the first black men on the board of a British Financial Planning Council in the UK. You know, I was talking to my son. He went to a sort of an Ivy League school, with, yeah. and he was there with a bunch of Nigerian yeah, students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking about how Nigerians are just <laughs> kicking ass. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. but mm, yes, but so bright and yeah, yeah. so, you know, yeah. dedicated to their training and their education yeah. and, then, and then hustling. Yeah. Uh, and that comes and, from our parents. It, well, I'm yeah. sure, as always, as always, right? <laughs> yeah. And the, um, in fact, there's, I'm going to ask you about that. We have so much to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got all day. Good. We got an hour anyway. Uh, the, um, there's a Yale couple, mm-hmm. law student, law professors who studied, who realized that most of their class was made up of Nigerian, mm-hmm. Chinese, Jewish, and Mormon. That yeah, was a, yeah. overrepresented in their yeah. population. So they went and they studied them, like, what is it? What's yeah. going on here? And they found a couple of things. Uh, one was delay gratification. Mm-hmm. So that's 100%. Yep. The other is sort of a special purpose. Like you're representing yep. generations here and blah, blah, blah. You know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tribe, UIA, Yoruba. Tri- yeah, yeah. Tribe. Yeah, is, yeah. is there a word for it? Well, I'm, 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 I'm Yoruba. So it's a, it's a thing in Nigeria, the three major tribes of Yoruba, Ibo, and Hausa. And so, you know, you're not just representing Nigeria, but you're also representing your tribe. Very interesting. So, yeah. See, I didn't know that part. Yeah. So it was... Let's see. And and then delay gratification. Did yeah. I say that? Yeah, it said delay. Yeah, delay gratification. Yeah. There was a third thing. Uh, 
I guess it was just focus on education. Yeah. It was just like that oh, was a critical piece. 100%. Like you've got to get your education. Yep. And and you, we all are kind of aware that there are populations that do that, right? Oh, and, yeah. But I think we're sort of – Nigerian – I think we're sort of – I don't know if it's racist or whatever it is. But Nigerians don't come – they come to mind for me. But yeah, on yeah. average, they think on Chinese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nigerian is not in there yet. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, 100%. It will be. 100%. The other thing, I looked up the population. It's 270 million people. Yeah. It's another big, thing people don't know. It's yeah, huge. It's huge. Massive population. And, yeah. and you know, back to the point you said about education – a bachelor's degree is equivalent to a GED <laughs> Nigerian no, culture. I know. I know. It's like you have to have a master's. Dive. You know, I have one brother who's an engineer, another brother who's an ER doctor. My sister has her MBA. And so it's like everybody, every Nigerian has to at least get some type of master's degree, doctorate degree. And you have to either be an engineer, doctor, or lawyer. <laughs> and if you're not, you're a failure in the family. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I come from Jewish ethnicity and yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard yeah, that yeah. in my background as well. Yeah. And, and is it that you said you were born in a relatively wealthy family? Is, yeah. is that strictly an ethos of that, or is it throughout the the culture of Nigeria? Well, no, because you know Nigeria has a massive wealth wealth gap, huge wealth I gap. Um, I was actually I went to the uh, to Nigeria to finish writing the end of my book, and I was just surprised at how much. It hasn't changed, mm. you know. So even when my when I was living in Nigeria at the age of five, you know, one, two, three, four, five is when I left. Um, you know, you had the very, very rich, and my dad was very, very rich because he 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 cultivated a lot of his wealth not just in Nigeria but in the West. But then you had people who are extremely, extremely poor. It was the expectation that all boats would rise if we, you know, let people cultivate? It just didn't happen. There's no trickle down or that corruption. 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 Nigeria is, you know, consistently ranked one of the most corrupt nations in the world. Um, and uh, and then another part of it is, you know, once people get to the top, they kind of want to stay there. Yeah, you they know, protect It's themselves. a lot of yeah. competition. It's a lot of, you know, you know, fear of somebody coming into power who can then, you know, affect somebody else's riches. So there's a lot of that going on within Nigeria. As a matter of fact, you know, in the, in the 70s, my dad had bought a – before he bought the island, he bought a massive plot of land called Marico. And that's where he was going to develop his, like, wealth and his, his private financial sector, so to speak. And it was a military coup. Mm. And that's how it got taken from him. And so fast forward to the 80s, he was able to get it back because democracy was reinstalled. Oh, my God. And then that's when he was able to continue on with his project. But again, you know, there's always the threat of that. You know, there's instability in the government. And when he died, they took it again, right? Yeah. So as the story goes, my dad had after he had finally formed the island. So I'll back up and give you more context. So he bought Marico in the 70s. Military coup happened in the 80s. The democracy was reinstalled and a new government. And he went to court. The federal government came to him and said, hey, we recognize that you bought Marico for 10 million pounds at that time. What do you want back? We can't give you Marico, but we'll give you whatever you want back. We'll even give you your money back. And my father, being a visionary, said, well, I want the lagoon. It was this lagoon off of the coast of uh, Lagos. And he figured if I create something where there was never something, no one could ever say, well, that was the government. So that was this. And that was that. It was mine. And so he uh, hired Dutch engineers and dredged the foreshore. And he developed, you know, over time, it took a number of years, he eventually developed the lagoon development project, which became the island, which is now Banana Island. Now, after that, that the, uh, the land had formed, he had signed contracts with Marks and Spence, McDonald's, other companies as well. 
and he had signed construction bids and everything was all done. But right after he got, he got to that point, the Lego state government, not the federal government, the Lego state government came to him and said, the federal government was never supposed to give you this swamp. Mm. And they conveniently waited until the land was formed. And at that point, the Lego state government took it from him. He had his millions wrapped up in it. And my mother, she was American. I tell people all the time, my mom and my dad's story is a real coming to America story because <laughs> she's this New Yorker in the Metropolitan Museum of Natural History. My dad was there because there was a art exhibit. on. That's Yor- how they met? Yeah, on Yoruba, Yoruba uh, oh, wow. art. Oh my gosh. And uh, they bumped into each other and he threw a line at her. She was like, yeah, whatever. He said, I'm an African person. She's like, yeah, whatever. And then before, an you know, <laughs> before you know it, they, they uh, got married five months later. Wow. And then my mom moved to Africa so my mom knew how corrupt the system Where's was she, in Nigeria. she uh she grew up in New York City born and raised New Yorker like like Manhattan yeah. uh, uh Harlem Harlem yeah Harlem and uh and I tell people again she's it's the real company they stole my mom and my dad's story <laughs> but uh she knew how corrupt the system was in Nigeria so she told my dad please put money in the states and my dad was adamant he said absolutely not my uh, priority is Nigeria uh, once this gets off the ground then we could buy everything we need to buy in the mm-hmm. states and so that was essentially his demise his loyalty to his country was essentially his and and our family's demise to a certain extent as well and so what after they die of? Um, it's a there's a lot of uh mystery and uh nefariousness behind the way my dad died he oh, was shit. he was super stressed out he was he went to court it was in and out of court so lego state government took the land he immediately went to court because he's also he also was a lawyer as well <laughs> a barred lawyer and um um one day after court, came home, decided to go for a walk because he was stressed. A dog came up to him, bit him. Um, he contracted rabies. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then he went to the hospital, got medication at the local hospital in Lagos, um, flew to Germany, didn't take his medication, um, flew to New York to, to visit my brother and I because we had just flew, flown to New York as well just for a small, small little vacation. And then flew back to Nigeria to continue his fight, took the medication right after he took the medication for the first time after he got back to Nigeria, he went to go take a bath and he never came out. He died. And when they did the autopsy on him, they found that, um, and I'm not a doctor. You you could speak to this better than I can. But tell us what really happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a combination of, it was bad medication, essentially. Bad means the wrong medication? It was, it was, all all my mom told me was that on the autopsy report along it was again I don't know the proper terminology but it was bad medication so it was the, ultimately so, it was a medication that killed him so the dog bite didn't get infected it wasn't the rabies nope. it was something and it wasn't that the medicine was appropriate for the rabies it was something inappropriate about this medication it was something inappropriate about the medication yeah. yep oh, and geez. that's what ultimately killed him and then after oh. that the you know the the Lego state government nobody had no there was nobody left to fight you know what's weird yeah. is the fact that he didn't take if somebody tells you you have rabies yeah and you they give you medicine and you yeah. don't take it yeah I wonder if he already had suspicion about somebody trying to do something to him I believe it was you and, know what I mean because uh, he would have yeah. taken the medicine I have rabies <laughs> possibly there's a lot of people in his circle that ended up doing him wrong and uh you know I interviewed uh, uh, um his ment- his mentees that he had in Nigeria when I flew to Nigeria and I didn't there's a lot of things I didn't know and I interviewed them because I wanted to write my my book as accurately as possible and essentially what I was told was there was a lot of people even people who he called his brothers you know who essentially not blood brothers but who essentially betrayed him and my to, to this day the uh the manager of Banana Island 
is was our family personal security guard. Uh. So he is the manager. They call him the Abba. He's the Abba Banana Island, and he was my dad's and my family's personal security guard. So you know, again, there's a lot around it. And the Nigerian government, just to fast forward a little bit, they offered my my half brother ten million dollars uh, about three years ago um, for him to walk away because the case is still open. Mm. It's still an open court case, and my brother walked away because the island is worth billions of dollars. So you get here essentially as a child, right? And yep. you go to the Bronx because that's sort of that's. Near yeah. adjacent to the part of town your mom. Yep. Yep. Was yep. in. Yeah. Um, Yankees fan, I'm imagining. Of, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, and things don't go quite as well. No, no. You know, early on, my mom she did a great job. How many of, siblings? Just me and my brother. So I have a, I have half siblings. My dad was married prior to oh, okay. marriage. So about she's 10 not. Years. She's not trying to deal with a bunch of kids. No, she no. Two kids. It's okay. just me and Bio. Which is, yeah. Okay. Tough enough. But. Yeah, yeah. It was it was still tough. You yeah. know, my mom she. Um, she worked hard, you know, she, I mean, people ask me all the time, you know, how did you get through all of the things that you got through as a SEAL? And I always say that, you know, it, it had to do with my mother. It had to do with the fact that my mom really modeled what it mean, meant to persevere. What'd she and, do? What was she doing to do? I mean, she was a teacher. She took, she was a teacher in, in the South Bronx. She uh, started a small creative writing business. This is before computers wow. were up and running. So she would do term papers, resumes, that sort of stuff oh, for that's people. Cool. Um, and my daughter's she, business. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool online. Cool. That's what she, but that's a thing now. Yeah, that's yeah, a whole thing. She yeah, yeah. Way, she's way out of her time. Exactly, exactly. And then she um, she took jobs at art galleries and museums in order to be able to expose my brother and I to the arts for free because she was all about, and she still is to this day, she's all about the arts and, and she's all about the power of knowledge. And, and, and the more you know, the more power you have. And so she tried to expose us to so much. I remember hating it as she would drag us to the Metropolitan Museum, yeah, the Schomburg, all of these places. But it was, it all served its purpose eventually. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it seeps in. Yeah, absolutely. And so you get infected by the some of the kids in the, in the yeah, surrounding area. Yeah, so it was. You, one, do you think you had, a, because of the loss of your dad, you think you had a little bit of a resentment? I, you know, I think it was more unconsciously, maybe, I don't know if that makes sense, that that's yeah. the right word for it, yeah, but yeah. unconsciously I really felt like I was always searching for a father. Sure. You know, I was just always, not resentment, but just searching for somebody to fill my paternal void, yeah, searching yeah. for somebody to consistently show me how to be a man. Did you get into gangs? No, I got into the streets. I got into selling drugs. Mm-hmm. I got into I got into stealing. I got into hustling. I got into doing whatever I could to make money. I got into fighting. I did it. I did. You know, I was heavily influenced by the streets, hip hop culture, street culture. This you is know, when now? What's the date? This is the nineties. You know, yeah. I was oh, born yeah. in eighty two. So I came oh, yeah. up. And when I came up, I came up in the crack epidemic in the eighties yeah, in, yeah. in New York City, and then the hip hop, the the blossoming and blooming of the hip hop culture in the eight. Late that, it 80s, all started in that part of town too. It all really? started. Yeah. you know, Bronx is the home of hip hop yeah. you know and so you know, I would hear rappers who would talk about selling drugs so that's what I want to hear him talk about hooking up with girls that's what I tried to mimic But that, and those were sort of guys that you those were father figures for you some of Notorious yeah. B.I.G. Tupac oh, yeah. Jay-Z Nas all of these guys you know I, they looked like me they came from the inner city just like I did and they had single parents just like I did but they were successful so in my mind I took what they said and used that as the blueprint for my life Perfect. and little did I know that that blueprint wasn't quite right. But, you know. How did you change direction? I got involved in a deal with a drug dealer that went bad. I sold him some products that were supposed to last for a certain amount of time. It was also only, it only lasted for a fraction of that time. 
And he came to my mother's apartment where I was, where I lived. I was 19 and uh, threatened my life. And my mother's life was indirectly threatened. And that was a huge wake up call for me. I made him his money back. But, at, but even after that, that was a huge wake up call for me because when I was a kid, my mom would spank me. I don't know how it was with your parents, but my mom would just give it to me all the time. And, you know, one thing that did for me was, and it's still this concept of consequences for actions. Like I knew that at some point, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to get spanked. And did, that's. <laughs> did you have a moment of clarity? Like when the guy's holding the gun to your head or whatever it is, like, shit, I got. If I get out of this, I got I got to do something different. Yeah, well, he well, I, thank God he didn't have a gun in my head, yeah. but you know, he did. Th- he was a he was a known drug dealer and he yeah. was a known killer. So uh, all he had to do was use words. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was definitely a moment of clarity, and it was, hey, you need to get out of this life, or you're going to end up dead or in prison. There were people going to federal now, and that that's another thing. So it was a combination of that situation, and there were people going to federal prison for the stuff that I was doing, and I was always able to be one step ahead of the law and get away by the grace of God, and you know, so. Between the people going to federal prison and my life being threatened, that was my wake up call. You, my friend Ben Carson, who's a neurosurgeon, yeah. and, you know, HHS. What was he? Not HHS. He was. Uh, what was he? Secretary of uh, the the uh, low income housing. I can't remember. Yeah, the, the housing yeah. thing. Uh, and uh, he tried to help me out with homeless thing a lot. But yeah, yeah. nobody could do anything. Uh, but housing he, and urban development. Yeah, there HHS. It is. Uh, and he had a story. I, I don't want to. I'm probably not accurately portraying it, but. Yeah. He was some kind of story. Yeah, yeah. He got in a knife fight and was tried to he he tried to stab a guy and it hit his belt buckle. And he said mm-hmm. he went to the bathroom after that and he broke into a sweat. He goes, "I would have killed that. Yeah, guy. Something, yeah. something is wrong. Yeah, so I gotta, this got to change. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, change right there. And that was a similar situation with me and strong mom and a strong mom. And you know, my mom would always tell me, Remy, you like because my brother he went to college. He went to Syracuse. He got a, a full ride scholarship to study engineering mm. uh, uh, at Syracuse University, and then he got his master's in engineering all on scholarship. And my mom would always tell me, even from the time I was young and, and doing crazy stuff, she would always say, you boys are destined for greatness. You, do you know who your father was? She would remind us all the time, like, do you know what your last name means? My last name, Ade, Ade means crown, Lake means above. So so the crown is above or the crown is supreme in Europe. Ade Remy, which is actually my full name, not just Remy's. Ade Remy means the crown has appeased me. So my mom would always say our names and, and remind us of what our names meant. And also remind us that you guys are destined for greatness. You're not destined to be in the street selling drugs, doing all this stuff. You're de- destined to do great things. Well, but I imagine though, when you were mm-hmm. in that world and she would say that to you, it goes, yeah, I'm going to be like Jay-Z. Exactly. That, that's exactly. Where I'm and going. that's what, that was my yeah. mindset. Yeah, and that's kind of how I took it. I always had my, you know, my dad, he had a very anal- analytical and, and forward thinking mind. And I inherited that from my dad. He could look at a situation and say, all right, I see all of these obstacles, but here's the way through it and yeah. figure it out just like that. Yeah. And that was, that was what I had, but I used it the wrong way. I used that gifting and calling the wrong way. Okay, here's the situation. I need to make money. I need to get girls. Okay, here's how I'm going to go do this. Yeah, yeah. And my mom would say, no, there's another way. Your dad, use your dad's ways to do it. But I was looking at my wrong dads. So, yeah. And then, is that and where the Navy came in? That's when the Navy came yeah. in. Now, how did you decide that you just thought, I this will... Dude, it was, you know, I want to say it was divine, so right. to, you know, Sometimes in a sense, it feels because... Like steps in. Yeah, it was... I. I, I so that situation with the with with the drug dealer happened in December two thousand one. So about four months after, about three months after nine eleven, 
Oh, Jesus. All that's going on, too. Yeah, all that's, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And I saw the towers come down. Oh. I went to the roof of uh, uh, of one of, when uh, I live in this kind of complex, and I went to the top of the buildings, like 18-story building. I went to the roof, and I watched as the towers come down with a girl whose cousin was in the towers at the time, working at the windows of the world. She They never and they never found her. Oh, yeah, she course. had two little girls. Oh. But, um but and all just of that. so people can really put yeah. it in context, I mean, Bronx is sort of on the west side, and you yep. get a straight view right down to the tower. Yep. And the towers, you back in the day, you could see it from everywhere. Everywhere, always there, everywhere. And so it's it's not like he was in another territory looking yeah. out. It's like there it was. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. A lot of people here in New York, and they think like the city's like like so big, especially and everything is so spread out. But no, it's not no. really. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, especially <laughs> those tall buildings. Yeah. So you know, January hit. I was I was kind of in the record music game as well because I was using my money to fund an illegal record company that I started uh, <laughs> uh, called Eighth Wonder Entertainment, yeah. and so I was trying to make it in the music business. Use the last bit of money that I had made hustling to make it in the music business. That wasn't working out. My mom was getting on my back. You, you, I'm not taking care of a grown man. I heard that every day, and then finally in June of 2002, I was just laying in my bed, and I was just I heard this voice speak to me. I heard something say to me, "You need to get out of here." You need to join the military. And I was just like, huh. And I got up and I just remember just battling with the idea because, you know, I hated the cops and I associated anybody in a uniform as a police officer, whether you were the Army, Navy, uh, whether you were a firefighter, whatever. I, I hated authority figures. I hated it all. And so the idea of joining the military was totally foreign to who I was. I like my clothes baggy, my hats backwards, still with my hats backwards. And so. I battled with that voice and then finally I looked around the room I grew up in and I looked at the picture of my dad that I had you broke down crying in front of when I was eight years old and I said what else do you have everything that you've done up until this point I'm 19 at the time about to turn 20 everything you have done at this point has amounted to nothing and what are you going to do now and so at that point I said screw it let me what else do I have to lose and so I got up ran down the street I grew up on Fordham Road um Went into the Marine Corps recruiter's office first. <laughs> so Rudy, Ru- Rudy's team, Rudy Reyes team first. And uh, I sat there for 15 minutes and nobody showed up. There was coffee on the desk. So the, the office was clearly open, around, yeah. but nobody showed up. And then after 15 minutes, I got up and I left and I walked about two two doors down to the Navy recruiter's office. There's this gorgeous Navy recruiter and a Puerto Rican girl by the name of Tiana Reyes. And in my naive mind, I'm like, not only am I going to get a Navy, but I'm going to get this girl. Like I'm a, so, I'm always, so, so she's asked me like, what do you want to do in the Navy? I'm like, I'm going to be a SEAL, baby. I'm going to be well, a SEAL. you knew about the SEALs already. I knew about the SEALs and, and through what, film. Did, did you have kind of a, like a lot of people like really romanticize and think about, yeah. you know, your buddy Dwight Howard was very Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him telling me about and that. Same with Kenya too. They're very both yeah, infatuated. Yeah, she had about that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I found out about it through film, through the arts. As I yeah. said earlier, my mom, she was saving pennies or take jobs to try and take us to 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 plays and, and art galleries. And she saw film as art. So she would also take us to go see films. And I remember one year I saw Bad Boys. Mm. And that was the first film that kind of changed my mindset in the sense of I saw these two guys who kind of looked like me and they were playing heroes. So I figured I could be something other than a drug dealer or athlete or rapper. And then a year later, God. The Rock came out. And I was 16 at the time. And when I saw that film, I was just like, 
those dudes are seals. Like I never heard of seals before until uh. I saw the rock. And so I filed in the back of my mind if I ever turn my life around, that's what I would like, do. I was sixteen cool. at the time. Like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I get that. But it, it disappeared, completely dissipated. And then fast forward to when I went to go join the Navy, I was like, Oh yeah, SEAL, I'm gonna be a SEAL. And, and let me I'm, I mentioned Dwight Howard and <laughs> yeah. Kenya from Housewives of Atlanta stuff. Yeah. These are all people that we'll tell you about in a minute. We can yeah. now talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I couldn't yeah. talk about it until last week. <laughs> Have I talked to you about this yet? I haven't, Gary. I mean, yeah, we've I, I forwarded you the article when it okay, came out. So finally. you've seen you've yeah. seen the list. Yeah, okay. I, I know the list. But yeah. Did you know the list before? You, did, was any surprises on there for you? Yeah, absolutely. There were a few people that you highlighted for me. Absolutely, uh, right, we'll you know, talk behind the it. scenes. We'll, we'll get to. We're going to build yeah. to that in a minute. But but uh, so this is a group of us went to the desert and did yeah. something with Remy. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we that. had fun. We had fun in the sun, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> oh. yeah. And uh, so there you are. You're coming. Uh, a what? Just Navy recruit? Yeah, I go to the recruiter's office and uh, and she was like, all right, if you want to be a SEAL, you got to you got to take oh, a practice right there, test. right there. I'm, I'm going to go to the SEAL path. You heard me talk about the fact that health insurance does always cover the full cost of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you can get hit with co-pays and deductibles. Protect your family and your finances with an Air MedCare Network membership. As a member, if an emergency arises, the expense of an air medical transport is completely covered when flown by an AMCN provider. Membership costs as little as $85 a year and covers your entire household every day. Of course, when you're away from home, it is just pennies a day. Yep, that's it. We all know the unexpected can happen, and AMCN membership is protection no family should be without. And for a limited time, as a Dr. Drew podcast listeners, you will get up to a $75 e-gift card when you join. All you got to do is visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew and use that promo code Drew. Yeah, and they let you do that. But, but, that was... That was me being like naive. Of course, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yes, I do know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know what I, I was, was really asking too, for. When I said I wanted to go to the desert. <laughs> oh yeah, you know the desert. <laughs> so you can relate a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. So uh, I took the practice ASVAB test. I didn't. I didn't get the scores to get into SEAL training, but I got. Enough, I got high enough to get in the Navy. Okay. So then the next thing she did was she ran my background, and she found out I had two warrants out for my arrest. I didn't know I had warrants out for my arrest. Hmm. I had a warrant in New York and a warrant in New Jersey. And so, and it wasn't for anything crazy. Like I didn't rape or murder somebody, but it was for illegal activities that I've been doing in my hustling. Trafficking. Game. And so, and yeah, and so, she, so I got up and I got ready to run out the office. And she said, "Where you going?" I was like, "I'm getting out of here because I thought she was going to turn me into the authorities." Mm-hmm. And she she screamed at me. She said, "Stop." And I said, for what? And she said, she was from the Bronx, you know, so she had a thick New York accent, Puerto Rican girl. And she was like, I told you to stop, just stop and listen to me. I said, why? And she said, do you have a suit? I said, no, why? And she said, do you have a nice pants and a collar shirt? I said, I'm sure I could find something. Why? And she said, come back tomorrow. I said, for what? She said, just come back tomorrow. Trust me, come back tomorrow. And she I wouldn't said, tell you what was going to happen. Yeah, she didn't tell me. She oh, didn't dude, really tell that's me. That's a did. lot to trust. But she, but from the way she was saying it, I kind of in my mind. Right. Put, I, I learned how to read people. Yeah, in, yeah. New York, in you know, growing up in New York, so I knew that her intentions were good. I knew that it was yes. something she was going to do. I didn't know what it was. Yes. So I, I was like, all right. I came back the next day. She was in her navy dress uniform. She took me to both judges. She took me to the judge in New Jersey, and she took me to the judge wow. in New York. And she advocated on my behalf. Woo. And she was like, hey, this kid made mistakes, but he has potential. 9-11 happened. He's trying to turn his life around by joining the Navy. He can't join the Navy with a record. Can you clear his record? Both judges unanimously expunged my record. They, they said she said— they admonish it, you from the bench or anything, or they just— No, they, they, no they, they, 
they actually encouraged me. Okay, good. They were both, you know, and, they, and these are two separate judges yeah. in two separate states. And they were just both like, hey, if you really, because nine eleven, the, the, the judge I went to in New York, the court, the court was not blocks away from the Twin Towers. Mm. And the whole city was still in oh, shambles. Oh, yeah. No, I know. And so, you know, they encouraged me. They were like, hey, you're doing a good thing by turning, by making the decision and not letting prison or right. death make the decision for I'm you. I'm so glad they could do stuff like that. Exactly. And so, if you want to step further, fudge the paperwork, snuck me into the Navy. Another thing that strikes me, though, mm-hmm. you said you took the test for the – you seem yeah. so bright to me. Yeah, you yeah. just not doing school at all? No. So, I was always in I, – I, I was always smart. Yeah. But you just didn't do go. To I school. didn't apply myself. I didn't, didn't go, to, go school. to school. I didn't go to. I, you like, must like, not have really not gone to school. So what I would do, what I would do every semester is in high school was I, I graduated every year of high school ninth eighth. I, I, I went through, but I barely threw the skin yeah, on my yeah, teeth. Yeah. And what I would do is I would cut school, be out hustling, chase no, girl, I get it. and then I would show up at the end of the semester and I would crush it. I would, I would, cr- I would I do extra work. I would turn in my, I would everything I be perfect, and that's yeah. how I would pass. Got it. That caught up with me is a long story. That caught up with me. I shared my book uh, in my senior year, the day before graduation. Is the book but, out now? Yeah, book transforms out. I got another book, a fiction uh, series. Coming What's out the next one year. they can buy right now? Transform is the one that everybody could buy. Transform. Right. Transform. It's called Transform: The Navy Seal's Transform. Unlikely Journey from the Throne of Africa to the Streets of the Bronx to the Final Odds. And so that could be. You got to give me a comment with that book. I should. You know, I should have brought one up with the shirts. Ah, yeah. oh, man. Uh, I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> no, I'll get you one. I'll get you one. My phone. Did I? Oh, it's in my pocket. So keep going. Yeah. So, uh, so yes. Yeah, so she got me in, and uh, she died two years later. Oh. Yeah, in, yeah. In service or just something? No, random? she died of an autoimmune disease. Oh no! Yeah, I didn't find that out until I finished writing the book. I what went to go find her. It was, it was something like, it was something like that. Something real rare. I don't remember the name. It was a very, very rare autoimmune disease. Um, it's on a John. Like if you type in her name, Tiana Reyes and John Hopkins, there's a page, um, some type of donation page to where people could donate to that specific okay. deal. Um, but. Um, but that changed the trajectory of my life. Got into the Navy, went to boot camp. When I got to boot camp, a Navy SEAL came to my boot camp division, put on a presentation as to what SEALs did, showing guys jumping from planes, scuba diving, long hair, shooting guns, driving dune buggies in the desert. And I, and I already kind of, the seed had already been planted, but that's when I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be that. Like, I want to be that. But the problem was I didn't know how to swim. I didn't have the academic scores, and I was super skinny. So as soon as... As soon as he finished the video, he said, who wants to go try out? Because they had like they held a tryout where you had to do this this specific physical test. And I couldn't go because I didn't qualify. And I remember that crushed me. Uh. But I remember, you know, in my mind, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to get there at some point. So fast forward, I got to boot camp, got to my first command naval hospital, Camp Pendleton. And uh, I asked my LPO. You're out here now. I I got to California. So that was my first experience. I went from I went from New York to Chicago for uh, uh, for boot camp, Chicago to California, mm. San Diego, Th- completely different world. Yeah, never thought I would leave the Bronx. Came to came to California. Yeah. Everything yeah. was different. Yeah, and uh, I I went to my LPO and I said, hey, I want to be a SEAL, and I just need the time to be able to train. And and again, you know, she believed in me. It's crazy because I've always had people, whether it was my mother. Which is my aunt Doki, which are part of my stories. I had to pay the court fees and court fines, even though my, my, my record got expunged. I didn't have the money. My aunt Doki, who's now 100 and she's going to be, a, she turns 104 in, in uh, two weeks. She pulled all her money out the savings to pay off my court fees is and court fines. Is your mom's fines. sister? No, it's my, my grandmother's sister. Uh, uh. 
And, uh, and so I always had people in my life, you know, Tiana and then now HM2 Brown. She was like, all right, I believe in you. I know nobody else believes you, but I believe in you. I'll give you the time. So I worked four hours in the clinic, a family practice clinic as a, as a medical assistant in the Navy. And then I did four hours. I trained for four hours and I came back and did four hour night clinic. And this, you know, this is now in a, after boot camp. This is at the boot camp at Naval Hospital Camp Pendleton. And, and, and are you also having to do some duty? That was my duty. My duty okay, was a it. hospital. Got it, got so it. my duty okay, was, uh, you know, was was checking in babies, vital yeah. signs, yeah, 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 that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, uh, and I didn't have a car. I would run three miles to the pool, jump in the shallow end, try to figure it out, run three miles back. You, I didn't so care. you taught yourself how to swim? I, it, well, it was a combination of me and a combination of like the lifeguard. I finally humbled myself that f- after a few weeks, and I asked the lifeguard, can you teach me? And he said, I can't get down and teach you, but I could talk you through. And he would talk me through the stroke from the lifeguard tower. Amazing. And, and it didn't matter how cold it was, how you know how hot it was, I ran that three miles. Navy SEAL, you got to be a fish. you got to be a fish. And, and, and that's usually <laughs> something I'm imagining most Navy SEALs swim since they were like two oh, years yeah. old. It's oh, yeah. just water. The water same. polo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that kind of thing. There's Division One. Uh, there were a lot of Division One swimmers. You know, swimmers. Yeah, of course. And uh, and I definitely wasn't that. <laughs> and so, uh, this is so inspiring. Your story is crazy inspiring, but but so many levels. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time. You know, when you when you have a, a dream, it's called a dream for a reason because you're gonna have you're gonna face obstacles on that journey towards that dream. Well, by the way, one of yeah. the things that again we'll tell you more about our yeah. desert experience in a minute, but but that that. The, it's the most, so creepy the way you keep referring well, to it as a we, desert experience. I know what you guys are talking about, but well, you guys are like, we had fun with some people why, in the you desert. Frame like, it what for are you us? talking Because you really don't yeah. know what we're talking about, and we can't tell you that much. But go ahead and say for the audience what it is. I'm just, if you guys, there is a competition. It's not that. It's not that. It just survived these hey, assholes. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, I'm going to tell you something. I'm sorry to interject this. Please. This, please. this show, and I hate even. I hate to even use the word show, because I don't see it as a show. Yeah. This is something different. This yeah. is It's going to be on television though. It's going to yes? be on television. But okay. it's but it but so, so we're already it, it, way better off than we were. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, you know how it was celebrity rehab, I treated patients and yeah. we just ran cameras. Yeah. It was not a show. We just yeah. ran cameras and we documented my treatment. Yeah. Sure. Same this was the same deal. Yeah. The, these guys, we went to the desert with the Wadi Rum <laughs> Desert. Because right, by the way, when, yeah. they, when they approached me, I was like, "What am I going to do? Go to Utah or yeah, something?" Yeah. They go, "No, you're going to Jordan." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and um and uh, we went through a hell, a version of Navy SEAL training <laughs> at the hands of these guys, two British, two American, and yeah. R- R- Remy was one of the Americans, yeah. a standout trainer. And uh, oh my god, I'm getting emotional because there's so yeah. many aspects yeah, of things yeah. that shit that happened. Just yeah. listening to him but, podcast, I'm scared of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, uh-uh. like I shook his you, hand and listened to him talk for 25 have, minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh. I did not know this yeah. was this dude. I thought it was the dude who was in the desert. Dude, yeah. <laughs> he has. They have a role. They have a. They know what they're doing. They have yeah. a role to play. They these guys yeah. train. You, you train Navy SEALs, right? Is it something you do, or is it something just some of those guys did? Oh well, no. In real so, life, you were a Navy SEAL. Yeah, I was but, a SEAL. But did you train SEALs also? No, 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 no. I was just an operator. But, but you yeah, knew yeah. what was required. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, no, he was letting us yeah. have that. Is yeah. what I'm telling you. And so, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I can feel the intensity. It's not <laughs> yeah, for it's, me. Like, I'm sure there's a switch that goes from eloquent storyteller with you yeah, know a, a, right. a ch- checkered past, you yeah. know, a layered past, Look. to I'm I'm gonna make your day. A fucking nightmare. Oh yeah, oh, and that was the goal. <laughs> and, 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 and you don't get to see. And he's bragging about it. <laughs> no, it is. That is what they're doing. Yeah. And you don't get to see his eyes. Yeah, I never oh, saw his eyes till yeah, I had dinner yeah. with him after this thing was all over because he wears yeah. these blades. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like what is going on here? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, 
back to being emotional the 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 one really intense thing for me was realizing and this is to your point yeah. about pushing through and yep. doing those things how tough some of these people are that yeah. were with me there and uh, the swimming thing you know montel jordan is a musician he does that yeah. song this is how we do it. really yeah. nice guy yeah he didn't swim yep afraid of heights yeah jumped out of a helicopter yep. into the red sea yeah swam in yeah that to me was breathtaking yep. i was like dude yeah yeah, it was. It's and it's, I'm a fish. I can go on water. I jump. Whatever. I'm in the water. I'm like happy. Thank you for yeah. getting out of the sun. But but for him, it was a. And he said he did it for his kids and grandkids. And that's what it all, it's all up here, though. Yeah, yeah. That's what it all comes back to. Is not. It's not physical. It's mental. Yeah. And, and we're pushing. We were pushing you all past your 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 perceived mental limits. Yeah. Using the physical to push the mental. Yep. And and that's what it was for me when I was trying to learn how to be a seal. And that's why I was able to, I think, to pass on those lessons to you because I, I lived it for an extended period of time trying to get to that point to get it to become a SEAL. How long did it take? Wow. I mean, I, I uh, from the time I started training to be a SEAL to the time I eventually graduated SEAL training was 2003, 2007, four years. And how long did you, did you do SEAL so so yeah I, I i had full benefit i went through all the seal training twice all the seal training twice because i uh the first time i made it through i went made it through first phase got made it through hell week got the die phase got kicked out at the end of die phase because i got in my opinion i got arrogant mm. i got very 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 arrogant mm. got to the point where i was like i made it through the bronx i made it through the through hustling i did all of these things it's not that many black guys who show up to SEAL training in and of itself. Uh, less than 1% of Navy SEALs are African-American. 1%? Less than 1% of Navy SEALs hmm. are African-American. Hmm. And so here I am, this black kid in this class, all white kids, and I got real prideful. I was like, nobody can't tell me nothing. And instead of working on what I needed to work on on the weekend, I was out partying in the gas lamp district chasing girls and talking about I'm a SEAL when I wasn't. Hmm. And and I ended up failing an evolution that I could have passed if I would have showed up to re- remediation on the weekends. On, and I didn't. Was this just, just t- diving technicalities? It was a di- yeah diving test, yeah. and I had already made it again. I made it through the what you guys went through, like that that selection course where yeah. you go through first phase and yeah. then hell week, and yeah. then after they weed out all the week, now it's all right. We're going to give and you the, the principles way, to teach how to be. They're, they're not they're not weeding out the week. They're they're allowing the extraordinary to go through. Yeah, you know, I, I just yeah. that's the other thing I got from this. Like you got to be genetically like woo to be able to get through this and intellectually and, and yeah. the brain's got to be it's right. It's a combination of both. Be right. It's a combination of yeah. both. And so got kicked out, made it through first and second phase, went back to Camp Pendleton, 1st Marine Division. After I, after that, spent that whole year training. After I finished 1st Marine Division, got I was able to come back to SEAL training early. Got back to SEAL training like within a year and uh, like two months and started day one all over again. With a different attitude, I bet. Different attitude. Yeah. I was humbled, mm-hmm. you know. And that was the first time I took responsibility for my actions in my adult life. And, you know, I was humbled, went back, went through first phase, went through hell week again, made it through again, went to second phase again, made it through again, got to third phase, made it to the island, and then I failed the evolution. This was just, I, it was my, I mean, it was just, I failed the test. I failed the test. It was like an academic test. I failed that test, got sent back to, back uh, to Bud's, off the island, which is San Clemente Island, started third phase again, went through it again, and made it through. Oh, cool! And then, and so, so I went through, you know, I went through it all twice. I, I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, by the time I got through, I was ready to go to work. 
and uh, and and uh, people ask me all the time, you know, what was, you know, what did you feel like? What did it feel like? Did, were you excited that you made it through and all this? I was like, no, I was humble one and two. I was I was at the point where like, I haven't done anything, you know. And I think that that's the um, mistake that a lot of guys uh, make in going through seal training, even getting through seal training. It's like to them, the goal is getting through. But the goal for me is not just getting through and then hoop hop, hip hop hooray. The goal is is doing the job. Yeah. And you so know? how what kind, how long did that go for? How long did you do that? Uh, eight years. Eight years in the teens. And I had well, a, yeah, the, the, you know, I I had a great career, man. I uh, I did. Um, <laughs> I had two specializations in the teams. One was I was a medic. Second one, I was a human guy. So human okay. stands for human intelligence. So I went to various intelligence schools. Um, you know, trained with the with, well, went to school out in Washington D.C. Um, went to a few schools up here on surveillance, counter surveillance, running sources, all that sort of stuff. And then I was blessed with the opportunity to be able to kind of do that overseas. So I lived best of both worlds. I was able to go help build intelligence packages by running sources, meeting people. I, I wore civilian clothes, grew out my hair, all that stuff. Went, went into meetings with interpreters and then build those intelligence packages, run those up the chain of command. And then once those intelligence packages were vetted, then I was able to get all kitted up in my, you know, my door kicker gear and go kick down doors and do direct action missions and, and snatch up HVTs, high value targets. So I, I kind of lived the best of both worlds because I was able to do the intelligence side of things and having you know kind of partner with the agency and dia and other groups and then also do the door kicking side of it so, so i think people sort of have a sense of what happened with the mission to kill osama bin laden yeah, yeah. you would do that kind of thing but go pull guys out right? I, I would i would i would do the door kicking but i also did the work that led to the door kicking uh, i would do then tell i would do I, the, I would i would find sources Pay sources, wow. get intel, get get intelligence. I would run surveillance on specific sources. I would uh, on on well, on bad guys. I would use drones to collect intelligence. SIGIT, which is a way to collect intelligence off of cell phones and other you know type of technological devices. And I'm guessing your ability to read people back in the came from the Bronx, right. and right. that all came from the Bronx. And that's why I think that's the, that's why I excelled at it because it, growing up in the Bronx, you got to learn how to read people. Yeah, you, it, it, it's so yeah. interesting to me because you there are some moments I can't talk about them yet yeah. <laughs> that you had with the some of the some of it was not on camera yeah, yeah. With, with the people that were out there in the desert with that I was like. Whoa, that was very yeah. – the timing was right. The yeah. insight was right. It, yeah. it, and you impacted them yeah. too. I mean yeah. it was like appreciated. You know, yeah. so. All right. So let's get – we're running oh, – <laughs> we, could, we could do four hours, you and I. We, <laughs> we will, I, will, I suspect we'll do one more about the yeah. show if people want more about that as the yeah. time goes on. Let's get to the unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. What is it? Why would you do it? What's, what are we going to talk about? And by the way, if you want yeah. to follow Remy, you, it's R-E-M-I-A-D-E-L-E-K-E, Remy – Adelike, that's at Facebook, at Remy Adelike on uh, Twitter. And there's an apparel brand, which I'm yeah. very happy to be a part of. Yeah, I, what, yeah. Does the insignia mean something specific? Kejo. So Kejo uh, means the eighth. Is, is that a Kejo sign, that, that, that thing in your yeah. – Oh, no, 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 no. This is a battle sign. So this is actually a Yoruba. This is a Yoruba battle sign. So um, – and, and, and I – He's wearing a T-shirt from the, the yeah. brand, the Kejo brand, which is yeah. Kejo Wear, K-E-G-O. Yeah. yeah, and this specific shirt says, time to pay the man, which was a saying that, that I had on, on, the, on the show. Yes, we, he we said that on. a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I wake up at night with a cold sweat hearing yeah. that. <laughs> what? And now when you look in the mirror with the shirt on, you could have a cold sweat oh, yeah. too. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, uh, you know, we did the Television Critics Association, and they were talking. Somehow they were. Oh, they were talking about how did this thing change you. And one of the things was, yeah. um, I am routinely 
you know, I've worked out my whole life and stuff, but, yeah. but I do more now routinely because yeah. I hear you guys screaming at me. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, if it's 15 push-ups, suddenly it's 25. Yeah. I, I would have stopped at 15. I do not. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that kind of stuff already. I'll, we'll talk about Pushing why. Pushing past the perceived limits. That's the, that's the point. And, but, yeah. but that <laughs> – that it stays in you is kind yeah. of the interesting part to me. Yeah. That, you know, that, yeah. and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a young guy too, and this yeah. changed. You know, anyway, yeah. we'll, we can talk more detail at some other time. Let's talk yeah. about the unexpected. Yeah. So, um, where can know, they see it? Uh, it's going to be on put on YouTube. So okay. that's just going to be on YouTube. We got a feature film that just the feature film version just got picked up with um, with uh, G Base and uh, uh, G Base Gerard Butler's production company, Alan Siegel's production company. So they did Denim Thieves, Olympus is Fallen, Angel is Fallen, Greenland, a bunch so, of movies. So they're going to take this short film, The Unexpected, and turn it into a feature, a feature. full length. So I already wrote the feature. So I'm oh a writer as well. So I'm a WGA writer. Oh my god! So great. so so the feature film's already written. So now we're going into you know next steps is going into pre-production. Will it be and called it, the unexpected? It's got, well, the the short is the unexpected. The feature is going to be unexpected redemption. But um, the whole film is about, and I say human trafficking, but. It's specifically organ harvesting. What a lot of people don't realize is there are a lot of different facets to human trafficking. A lot of people hear human trafficking, they just think of sex, but it's more than that. There's labor, there's forced marriage, there's, there's, I mean, there was a recent story out uh, about a guy who was trafficked for his blood in Cambodia for, for months, you know, where he, he was held captive and, and these bad dudes would just take blood out of him until he was, you know, finally rescued. Um, and then there's organ harvesting. And that's what the film really, really focused I, I, on. I had no idea organ harvesting was part of considered human trafficking until yep. the film. I watched the yeah. film i'm like oh my god it's about organ trafficking yeah so crazy so, yeah it's a crazy and how, how I, I didn't know much of anything about human trafficking until i started working with different organizations when i got out of the seal teams in um in in, in 2016 um i was trying to kind of find my way I, had, I was in grad school at the time getting my master's in organizational strategy because as nigerian i can't survive a without a master's <laughs> according to my parents have to have and, a graduate degree yeah yeah and uh and so i started doing different things i, I, I tried to find different ways to serve so I, I i did prisons i went to prisons and spoke there did, went to inner city schools serving just to inspire them to just to kind of give yeah. back yeah, you know yeah. and, and and to fill that void of not being able to serve anymore in the military what, and, did, did something happen where you had to get out or no i i had just to my, your... just my kids my oldest son my first my oldest son was born in 2014 my second son and i wanted yeah. to be home with my boys yeah. And I came across, I, I, I got invited to, I just gone, I just kept on getting invited to, to partner with different human trafficking organizations, whether it was, uh, whether it was like me coming and speaking, whether it was me coming in and, 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 you know, partnering on a deployment or whether it was just me coming, helping them raise money. And I just kept on being asked to work. And then finally, you know, I, I partnered with, I had worked with, um, Slave to Nothing, which Lindsay, she's the founder of, and well, she's the heir to In-N-Out Burger. She has Slave to Nothing. And then there's, um, Compass 31 and, 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 um, there's another one that, uh, what are these? About permission these are all human trafficking specific nonprofits. Nonprofits, and the one that i that i, I partnered with the lat the latter one was our operation underground railroad huh. and they they bring on former seals former delta former special forces guys along with former cia guys to go down in the south america and other countries to rescue people trapped in and and human trafficking and that was an eye-opening experience for me that like that was like when i the stuff that i saw in dominican republic and haiti it was just like Changed your entire outlook on life. Can you give us an example? I'll, I'll tell you the story that really, really inspired me to get into this, to, to, to do this as a film. So I went down to um, Dominican Republic in, I want to say, 2018, I believe it was. And um, we, we went to this particular slum where the parents would sell their kids to traffickers. Mm. 
uh, and the traffickers would take them to the north of DR. And these are girls, 12, 13, 14. And there were people from the west that would come, you know, do not nice things with these girls. And we went to this slum to really educate the parents and also to, you know, try and figure out a way to combat these traffickers before that they before they could do you know manipulate the parents and then doing what they do the parents been through something similar well not necessarily the issue that i found this is what really inspired me this one guy who he knew who we were with he pulled me into this chapel this chapel is probably smaller than your bathroom here and at the at the end of the chapel was this baby in a casket six month old baby and the baby had died because the mom, she wasn't getting enough food and, 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 and to produce milk. And so she bought formula and she mixed the formula with the local water. The local water and the formula killed the baby. And and the guy was trying to explain to me that this is this happens to mo- a lot of the kids. A lot of the kids die because there's not clean water. The food is not good. All of these things. And, and he was trying to use it to explain to me this is why the parents do what they do. They figure if I sell my daughter, she'll survive. Yeah, to the north, she'll survive, but also we'll get money so that we could take care of our other kids. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So and, and that was and, and you find that in a lot of these trafficking stories, yeah. whether it's Cairo, which is the organ harvesting capital of the world. Cairo, Egypt. Know, Cairo, Egypt is the organ ha- is harvesting that, capital oh, of the world. Crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Whether it's India, whether it's Pakistan, whether, I mean, there's stories from all over the world as it relates to organ harvesting. You find that oh it's God. all tied. A lot of it is tied to desperation. You know, when when I. I can't talk about this yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I left you, I had a I have a story. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I can't tell you now. I okay. can tell you off the air, but yeah. we'll talk about it someday. No, but, but it involved fear of organ draft, okay. organ tra- uh, harvesting. Yeah. No, I, well, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. And so, you know, long story short, I got back from that trip, and I was like, I got to do something as a filmmaker because as a as a guy going down to these countries and rescuing kids. I could save 10 kids, but there's going to be 200 more kids somewhere yeah. that needs to be rescued. So what would be the best way to combat this? And going back to my background in human and human intelligence and then also having worked with PSYOPs people, I know that sometimes it's all about winning their hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. If you can get as many eyes on like the message that you're trying to share or expose this darkness, then people will be equipped. They'll know that it exists, and they'll probably be more inclined to help in the fight. Right. And that was the inspiration as to Watch why I made the, the short film. film the yeah. Unexpected. You're also doing something with kids also, right? School. Yeah. I have a school that's uh, that's opening in Muskegon, Michigan. <laughs> uh, yeah. that It actually already opened. Opened uh, uh, first week of school was September – first day of school was September 6th, I think, uh, right after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an inner city. Muskegon is a very de- depressed area. Um, you know, I, coming from the Bronx, I wanted to be able to give back to an inner city. And so um, when I got hit up to partner with uh, uh, Franklin Fudell, who was the co-founder of the school, I was all in. And so it's a military theme, military maritime theme charter school. And uh, it's up and running. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to instill these kids with uh, concepts to, to make them successful and great in life. What does your mom say about what you're doing now? Uh, she's ecstatic. Good. She, yeah, she's proud of me and, and my brother, and, and she's just always my mom. My mom's on social media. You guys here you follow Pauline Adelaika. She's a motivator. She's all into fitness and Pauline. all of that. So Pauline, Pauline yeah. A D E L E K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's ecstatic. I text her all the time. And she, she's my mom, but almost every day, and she's just happy that things turned out the way they are. But now, you know, the new concern is my grandkids. Like, 
you know, like, you know, I think it's just that natural concern. Like, what are you going to do to keep them from doing what you did? I was like, don't worry, mom, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> oh, she's worrying about your yeah. grand, her grandkids. Her I grandkids. Your kids, yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, you're in San Diego now, so it's, yeah. it's a little different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we're, 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 yeah, we live in I, really I see your kids area. on uh, Instagram. I yeah, think yeah. they seem amazing. They thank seem you. So. Thank you. That's my heart. That was my heart. That's why I do what I do. And, uh, you know, um, I, I just want to be able to create a better world for them. And give them a life that I never had. Those are the two t- tell them about your wife real quick. Yeah, my wife is awesome, Jessica. You guys, as a matter of fact, uh, she told me to tell you hello. <laughs> she, we, for those who don't know, we had dinner um, together. Doctor Drew, my wife, a, a week after we got out of the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up by Beverly Mitchell, and Beverly, the actress that was on this thing. Yeah, Bev. Shout out to Bev. And uh, yeah, you guys hit it off. And uh, yeah, she's a doctor just like yeah, you. Primary so, care. Yep. So yep. you guys had a lot of great conversations. And, and uh, her, in addition to shorthanding <laughs> yeah. about you know medicine and stuff. Yeah. She was like, what were you guys doing out there? What did he do to you? Like, what, what happened? Like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. You, what? And we're like, yeah, you're going to have to see it. You have to yeah, watch it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the the TV show is called, presently it's called Special Ops, The Ultimate Test. Yeah, Special Ops. Special, well, Special Forces, Special the, Force, ultimate the Ultimate Test. Yeah, test. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's going to continue to be the name, but it's yeah. going to be on Fox Network, you know, yeah. The Simpsons. Uh, yeah. I think the way they're positioning it's going to be like around the playoffs and the Super yep. Bowl and stuff. Somehow yep. it's going to be tied in with all that. Yep. And one of the things we really wanted to do with I wanted one of the reasons I agreed to do it was to shine a light on stories like yours yeah, and, and you. what the military actually do for us. Thank you. And to uh, it was you know when we did the Television Critics Association, almost every person talked about that issue. It's like this yeah. is what these guys go through. Yeah, yeah. We're you know <laughs> we're yeah. what we are, but this is what these guys do. That's it's, awesome. it's so intense. To, that's awesome. to bear witness to it. So. Yeah, yeah. Now that's awesome. That's. I can't so, wait to see it. I, I am grateful for everything about you. Thank I'm you. grateful for what you did for me. We Thank can talk in more detail about that someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary, any questions for you? Because this is we only we can't talk about that much. Is really what's the problem? Well, I mean, should I read off the full list of contestants? Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. This stuff. There are yeah. some things yeah. that are public. So they, they're not yeah. contestants. We were. We were. Yeah. Okay. We were. And Celebrity by the way, recruits. we were all recruits. so bonded up. Celebrity recruits. Is what when it says when I was something happened to me there, and I had got. I was in a different place from my my peers, and I started crying when I hear yeah. what, they, what they were going through. We are bonded yeah. with these folks. So yeah. Anyway. yeah, brotherhood, yeah. sisterhood. Yeah. Brotherhood, oh my sisterhood. God. Yeah. All right, so the brotherhood and sisterhood is Danny Amendola, Mel B, Hannah Brown, yeah. Tyler Florence, Kate Goslin, Dwight Howard, Montel Jordan, Gus Kenworthy, Natisha Lukin? Nastia. Nastia, Nastia. Yeah. sorry. Appreciate okay, that. So let me give a little uh, thing on everybody. Say the names again. I'll give a little spiel on each person. Yeah. Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola is a wide receiver for, or maybe a slot receiver from the New England Patriots. Was two, two yeah, Super Bowls. Yeah. Three Super Bowl rings. Oh, three, won yeah. the, that incredible comeback against the Falcons. Oh, that's right. That's that right, was yeah. him and Brady. Okay, Danny, and Mel I'm going to see him next week. Okay, Melby, Scary Spice. Yep. Yeah. It, I talk to her on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, yeah. Way different. All these people are way different than you expect. Yeah. They are so yeah. fucking tough. <laughs> yeah. They are so amazing. So I can't say enough about everybody. Anyway, Melby, everyone knows her. Hannah. Brown. Hannah Brown, the yeah. Bachelorette. Yep. Just okay. keep, Tyler just, Florence. Just, just keep an eye on Hannah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler is a is the guy that does the food truck thing on yeah. foods, and he's a famous restaurateur, also a great guy. Yeah. Kate Gosling. Kate Gosling, Kate yeah. Plus 8. Yeah. Kate has an interesting story here. You'll love yeah. to see it. So. Yeah. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's a Laker. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to be next. but uh, He won Dwight, a championship with LeBron. With LeBron. Dwight's yeah. Dwight is one of the most extraordinary people and very different. Everybody's very different than yeah. their sort of marquee yeah, that people think they are. So, okay. Dwight. Montel Jordan. Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Also, yeah. now he does a lot of uh, spiritual stuff with yeah, his yeah. wife. Really interesting. Ministry, Great dude. Yeah. Such a lovely dude. Gus Kenworthy. Gus Kenworthy is a freestyle skier gold medalist. Yep. Also a great guy. Nastia. Nastia is the gold medalist gymnast from, yeah. I guess, the last uh, 
Olympic, the week before last? 2016, 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was the extraordinary uh, uneven bar. Yeah. Uh, that was she. And she had that famous fall. She had the famous yeah, fall. Yeah. If you look up Nasty Luke and fall, you'll see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd is uh, one of the most famous uh, soccer players in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Uh, yeah, also, she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Beverly Mitchell. Beverly Mitchell. Yeah. What's the TV show Beverly Mitchell? Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. She's yeah. a star from that with uh, her friend uh, Jessica Alba, I think, right? Jessica Alba, she were the stars of that. Yep. Uh, Kenny, of that. Yeah. Kenya Moore. Kenya Moore, I think, is Real Housewife of uh, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting person. I, Keep an eye on Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball royalty, Mike Piazza. Oh. Piazza, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, he came up running up to me day one. He went, remember back on the radio? I used to come with you and Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony Scaramucci. Scaramucci, yeah. the first press secretary under Trump, and then yeah. became a, a Trump adversary. Yeah, yeah. A, he's, a, he's a finance guy. He's a yeah. great guy. Smart businessman. Yeah. He, uh, he ran up to me a day one and went, I'm here because you're here because you're older than I am. <laughs> and finally, Jamie Lynn Spears. And Jamie Lynn Spears yeah. uh, and I have a really interesting story to tell one day, I'll yeah, tell yeah. you. And uh, Jamie also could not be more different than the, re- yeah, this, yeah, the yeah. bullshit that's out there about it. 100%. Yeah. She is a mom like yeah. 98% of the time. Yeah. I believe you've previously said you're going to write a book one day. Called- no, no, no. I can't, you can't say that. You can't <laughs> you say that, that on the air? No, I did not. Okay. I, I said it off the air. Okay. <laughs> but, but I will say that in in January. I'll leave it in. He stopped me in time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. but uh, we have to wrap. I could talk yeah, to you more. Yeah. We will talk more. Um, just tell people what you want them to do. Yeah, just uh, go check out the film when it comes out. The Unexpected Short Film is free on YouTube, um, and, and hopefully it inspires you in some way to get into the fight. Hopefully it educates you so that you know more about human trafficking, specifically organ harvesting, and then hopefully we could all come together and, and you know, end this fight in slavery. You know, a lot of people say, hey, if I lived in the 1800s, I'd do everything to stop slavery back then. Well, hey, guess what? There's more people enslaved around the world today than any other time in human history, and so if you will really do that back then. So let's go all get in the fight there and fight is. together today. There it is. And you're, of course, humble. Look out for the uh, the feature film, which probably yeah. a couple years out at yeah, least. Yeah. Uh, and do follow him on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Remy Adelike. Yep. And uh, Kedjoware. Ke- uh, get, get our shirts at Kedjoware.com. And get the book. Yeah, hey, real quick. When is the short drop? Uh, September 30th. Uh, September 30th. Yeah. Great. So yeah. uh, depending on when we drop this, it'll likely be available now. On, on YouTube. Exactly. Yep, on YouTube. On you. Just, yeah. so, just search The Unexpected. Yep, yep. Just search The Unexpected. It, just do it. If you're not inspired by Remy, yeah. you, I, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> but if you are inspired, <laughs> just go watch this film for yes, right? Go, go, you, that's very, Damn this mic. That's not much to ask, so do it. Thank you, brother. All right, man. Thank Great you. Appreciate you. you. Yes, sir. Pleasure. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay, Pleasure. Good. See you all next time. Yeah. So for calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com.
All this month, celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with Pluto TV. Watch movies with the biggest stars like Eugenio Derbez in No Eres Tu, Soy Yo and Luis Gerardo Mendez in Camino a Marte. Plus, Pluto TV has thousands more movies and TV shows and over 45 channels in Spanish, all for free. So download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming today. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.